Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dalkus, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the episode today. I have a fantastic guest for you, but man, I really want to thank you for your fantastic feedback last week about my therapy episode. I hope some of those insights helped you and where you're at right now. To be honest, the last few days have been really rough for me as the CDC has come out with new recommended guidelines for what school's going to look like in the fall for California. And it seems more like prison regulations than a childhood elementary school. It is sad and not acceptable in my mind. Um, I understand there's a lot of factors that go into creating these regulations, but this is not just our education, this is our kids' childhood. And so I am exploring other options and I will for sure keep you up to date on what we've decided. But if you're you know, facing some, some hard decisions and if you are in a funk, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm right there with you. But let's move on to my guest today that will leave you feeling inspired and hopeful, okay? My guest is Alex Evian. I met Alex at Alt Summit and we just instantly had a bond and a connection over motherhood and I knew I wanted her to share her story about being a single mother, about being a working mom, about mom guilt, and just her motherhood journey in general. I had such a wonderful conversation getting to know her story better and she is just a brave, incredible, strong woman that I know you will love. So let's get to it with Alex. All right, I am so excited to be chatting with the beautiful Alex Evgen. Hi, Alex. You are gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. You really are. I know that's not what this podcast is about, but holy moly. Like, you are just a natural beauty. Have you, like, do you feel as beautiful as you are? I wonder this about beautiful people. I do now, but truthfully, I never felt beautiful or to the point where I didn't even feel like I should be in photos as a blogger or any of that up, up until maybe the past three years. And I've been a blogger for 10 years. No. It's crazy. What? What did you think you had to do or be in order to be in the photo? Yeah, I think that that's the thing. I think I my brain was caught up in wondering what I had to do or be. And yeah. because I was looking at all of the examples set before me and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of exotic looking. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really see faces or people like mine. And so I think sometimes you just assume that maybe that it's not your place to do so when you don't see that. And I think a lot of it had to, I mean, most of it had to do with self-esteem. And the journey that I've been through absolutely brought my self-esteem to an all-time low. Mm-hmm. And so the past three years have really been about building that back up. And I now, through that journey... Now I see it. Yeah, and when I say how beautiful you are, it is truly not just the aesthetic, but it is, we met at Alt Summit, and there's just something about kind of a light that you exude, um, and I think it probably does largely come from the work that you've done, and and sadly, the journey you've been on has not been easy for you, but in this last little while, you've made significant progress towards becoming who you really want to be and really owning your worth. Would you say that's true? Yes, 
I love it. Okay, so for people that don't know you yet, Alex, will you just tell people a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes, I would love to. Well, um, my name is Alex Evian, and I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I am a now single mother of two kids, four and seven, a boy and a girl. And I have spent most of my career as a self-employed content creator, blogger, influencer, and through my journey, um, especially with the main pivoting point being going through divorce unexpectedly after a 10-year marriage. I found myself transitioning out of that life uh, into the traditional workforce, and now I'm a creative director for a travel company called Road Trippers. That's so awesome. Yeah, when I heard you speak at Alt Summit and talk about your career journey, and I mean, it just sounds so fascinating. And, and the fact that you've been able to take the skills that you acquired over the last 10 years and really apply them into a different type of, of role. I think that's really encouraging because there's a lot of stay-at-home moms right now listening to this, and I think they feel like their job or their passions or their skills are on hold, and I completely disagree. I think they're 100% building their skill set all the time, and it's really how you spin it and then how you go to apply it when you are ready to take on a different role, whether that's in a job that pays you or not. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I will always say I don't think there's any other job that's harder than being a mother and a stay-at-home mother who's also running a side hustle. Of some <laughs> the amount of hats that she wears, the time management skills, the attention to detail, um, the skill set is insane. And it is about how you spin it. And it's about how you look at yourself. I think oftentimes we discredit are what we bring to the table because you know when you bring a child into the world it's in a way expected that you rise up and be the best parent that you can be but what we don't realize is that's always a choice it's always a choice to be the best parent that you can be and and to do that takes a lot of time and effort and consciousness in in all of those things that parenting requires and that's what the workforce needs they need Women and men who can multitask, who can listen, I mean, who can speak to different audiences, because now we have this ability to relate to mothers and um, to also that season of our life when we didn't have kids. There are so many things that we offer that people just don't realize. Hey everyone, I know you're loving getting to know Alex, but I wanted to thank a show sponsor, and that is Cosmetology, created by Dr. Janice Covey. She was just a mom who was frustrated when her daughter was diagnosed with eczema at three months old and nothing was working. And so she used her background as a compounding pharmacist. Not everyone has that background, but she did, and she made her own line of products for her children. The two products that I happen to love the most are the lotion bars and, of course, the hand soaps. Hand soaps, obviously, needless to say, we can't get enough of them. They're not easily found on the shelves right now, so this would be a great time to try Cosmetology Hand Soap. They're infused with essential oils, and they really, really work, and they come in travel sizes as well, which is great. But the real unique product is their lotion bar. The lotion bar is a solid moisturizer containing effective organic moisturizing ingredients like shea butter and olive oil. It doesn't have water, and so it's not messy, but it's extremely nourishing, and it really will help if your kids have sensitive skin. 
I love these cosmetology products, and especially for my Jackson who has sensitive skin, I love handing him that lotion bar and he can put it on himself, no problem. So you can get Cosmetology for 15% off your first order. Just go to cosmetology.com and use code EEP at checkout. That's K-O-S-M-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y.com and use code EEP at checkout. And this will be linked over to Extraordinary Moms Podcast as well. So make sure to take advantage of that 15% off for our listeners. And let's get back to my conversation with Alex. And I feel like when we really step back, if we were to like list out all the things that we are doing on a day-to-day basis, specifically for our families, running the home, budgeting, running your finances, staying organized, getting kids where they need to be, being fed, like it blows your mind. And there was that, that funny commercial years ago that had people coming in for a job interview. They didn't know what they were interviewing for. And they started listing out the job description like, okay, so the job is a lot of manual labor. There is some, some cleanup and, you know, things like that. Um, you're working with, you know, other people that may not always be grateful for you. You're working 24 seven, you don't get paid time off, all this stuff. And then eventually like starts clicking, like who would sign up for this job? And it's parenthood. (laughs) Welcome. Right. Yes. And and, I mean, it still is like, the most incredible job you can ever have, but that's not to discount how difficult and demanding and everything it is. So I think we all need to give ourselves a little more credit, regardless of whether we're a stay-at-home mom, have a side hustle, have a full-time thing, whatever. Like, it's incredible what we are capable of when we just keep going and just do it. And so for you, you've been a mom for seven years. How has your motherhood evolved from the time that you had your first as an infant to now, and now you're a single parent, and I'm sure parenting looks so different. So talk to me about that evolution personally for you. Yes, it looks very different, and there's a lot of grief in it, quite frankly. I think that I'd like to believe most people, I know there there are different circumstances, for everyone, and I really appreciate those that um, just just parents in general, no matter what it is, um, what circumstance you're in. But most people, I would say, begin parenthood with a partner, and they plan on raising that child together or children together. I personally would never have embarked on parenthood if I had known that it would just be myself. Mm-hmm. I I would not make that choice and so to have that choice made for me was incredibly painful and also I think many of us you know when when we get married and we or when even when we're younger than that we picture the life ahead of us we oftentimes picture our family and what it'll be like and you know, the holidays and the traditions that are shared, the grandparents, all of these things that come into play. And I also didn't realize that there would be such a severance among all of those things, extended family and how that plays into things. And um, so I definitely saw myself as, and was a more traditional mom in that I just, I had a husband of, 10 years and we, we were raising our family and we had dreams of growing old, old together and being grandparents and and that's kind of like the dream of just growing old together as this cute couple 
and um, and we live in a house and it's a beautiful home, all of the things. And so now my life looks like me doing every single thing outside the home and inside the home. And it looks like me not getting to do play dates with my kids and other moms. In fact, it's almost kind of awkward when I do play dates with another couple because I don't have a guy to bring to that play date. And so a lot of times it's just another mom. I don't really interact with couples anymore. Hmm. I no longer can volunteer at school for my kids. And I used to be volunteer in my kids' classrooms and preschool and I'm not there to make dinner um, for my family the way that I used to. So a lot of times I'm eating takeout or doing really, really fast meals the second I get home from work. And my kids are in aftercare programs, so they're not even getting done with school at 3. They start at 7.30 with morning care, and then they have to go to aftercare. Now I, I really have teachers raising my kids more than I'm raising my kids. There's so much grief in that for me because that's not how I pictured motherhood. I really pictured it as, especially from my kids before they went to kindergarten, being with my kids as much as I could. And when everything happened, my son was one and a half years old. So I got to do most of that with my daughter before she went to kindergarten, but with my son, I've missed out on all of that. But and I say but because I do think that beautiful things can come out of really dark places. I think that in some ways, um, oh, and I should say I also don't get my kids half the time. Or I only get them half the time. So I always pictured always having all the time with my kids until they left for college. And now that time has been cut, has been cut in half. Hmm. And not only that, but now they have another mom not there I'm there she's never going to take the place of me but another woman raising them so it's it's really hard motherhood is very different I'm still grieving it as you can probably tell in my words to you but I but that's why I want to start talking on podcasts with people like you and and listeners to talk about the ways to find beauty in it and to find hope in it and to find good in the bad because you have to in order to get through everyone. How much are you loving this conversation with Alex? She is so incredible, but I did want to thank a show sponsor that makes this show possible for you to listen. And that is Little Passports. There's lots of subscription boxes on the market right now, but I want to tell you about Little Passports and how much we are loving it, especially for my little one, Jackson. So I don't know about you, but do you ever struggle with finding toys for your little ones that you think are cool, but also educate them, right? Or you have these great ideas you see on Pinterest, but you don't have all the supplies. Well, the cool thing is with Little Passports, it provides everything in one box delivered straight to your door, and each package contains exciting hands-on learning for kids ages three and up. You can feed their inner scientists with Science Expeditions Pack, which is full of cool experiments to try. You can make slime, which we don't normally do in my house, but for some reason, if it comes in the box, I'm willing to do it. 
and you can travel to different states via this subscription box through the USA edition. These are so cool, and for $12.95 a month, there's tons to explore right from your own home with little passports. So if you're looking to supplement their education this summer, I know education in our home doesn't stop just because the school year ends, so little passports is how we are going to be doing that. We just learned about different types of seals in the Arctic, and that was such a fun activity for me and Jackson. And the older boys even got involved too with creating this motor-like thing that went inside the seal. You'll just have to see it to believe it. So just for our listeners, Little Passports is offering 15% off the price of any subscription. And that means your child could be flying rockets or looking through a microscope in no time. Use offer code EEP at checkout for 15% off your order. That's littlepassports.com. Use code EEP for 15% off. I'd love for you to try it. Be sure to tag me in your post if your kids get the box. All right, let's keep going with Alex. So I think one thing that's really hard is if you haven't walked this road, you don't really understand the full picture of it and feeling what that feels like to not have your child for a weekend or on a Christmas or things like that. I think it's just impossible to really grasp the depth of that. And my husband's sister recently went through a divorce and this is very fresh in in all of our lives and everything. And so we're kind of seeing some additional collateral damage from that. And there's been some, some things that have come up where it's like, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about her wanting the daughter to stop piano lessons because it's too big of a struggle, but the husband being so dead set that the piano lessons continue, but he's not the one monitoring the practicing during the week. But she feels like if she lets her out of it, then he's she's undermining him. And it's just like, but it's piano lessons, right? And so there's all those types of things that other people on the outside don't really consider. And there's a lot of fatigue with that, I'm sure. Yes, and it's 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 really it seems endless at yeah. times, especially when you know that you're going to be doing a lot of this until they're 18 years old. Mm. But that's the thing is that this fracture is felt not only through this lifetime, but it also will be felt through generations. Like I really, divorce is incredibly serious, and I don't think that, unfortunately, in our society, I don't think that it is seen that way much anymore and that's also why I wanted to join you today because with 50% of all marriages ending in divorce many of us know somebody if we haven't gone through it ourselves but I would say for the most part most of us don't know how to navigate it very well or don't know how to support a friend or a family member in it and that's what I want to try to help people do yeah Yeah, and even with this long list of things that you're missing out on and that you're grieving and you're working through, there is tremendous strength that you've found over this last period of time, isn't there? As you have realized, you didn't ask to be a part of this. You didn't ask to go through this. You didn't want to be a part of this club. You didn't want to be a single parent or set out to parent kids on your own. But here you are, and look what you are doing, and look what you're capable of. Tell me about that newfound strength and how have you been able to embrace that in a new way that wouldn't have been possible any other way? Yes, it is, like I said, there is joy to be found in it. It isn't just all darkness. It takes time and it does take, you know, time does heal, but it also takes a lot of intentionality to grieve something well. I will say there is a difference between People don't handle grief the same way. 
And I do think there's a good way to deal with it and a bad way. I won't say everybody has to do it the same way, but obviously, as we know, sometimes when people are overwhelmed with emotions, they're so paralyzed, they don't ever get out of bed or they they look to other substances to, to numb themselves because it's so overwhelming. So I want to address that it's very hard, but you can be okay. And not only okay, you can get to a place that is more than okay, that is that is different than what you ever thought, but is beautiful. And I've found many things in myself that I had lost a long time ago, like we talked about at the beginning, like I didn't realize my beauty or my worth. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that the first thing though to navigating it, to, to get to that place of strength and to that place of hope is acknowledging all this loss, so putting a voice to what your pain is, and whether that is journaling or finding a safe family member or a counselor or a therapist, somebody to walk with you through this journey. I would say all of those things would be great, and that's what I did. I did all of those things. Um, I had I had a community. I had um, a therapist. I had my journal. I also am a spiritual person and I think my faith carried me through much of that. And having that support system is what's going to remind you that when you feel hopeless, there is still hope because they're holding hope for you. They will hold hope for you. There's going to be times of doubt and that is okay. It's okay to feel despair, but you have to voice that despair so that someone can hold hope for you. I also think there's some practical things, especially for being a mom, when you have to wake up and get out of bed to care for children, and there's not much of you to really offer when you're going through something like that. So I know for me, I lost my appetite. I couldn't eat. My hair started falling out, and like my physical body was affected. So I do think that making appointments with your primary care doctor, just from a really practical place of like, what do you, are, is your body okay? It turned out, I didn't know this, but I had um, autoimmune diseases from a lot of the stress and, and the trauma of what was going on. So even getting that kind of support and my GI tract was aggravated due to the trauma. So um, I actually needed uh, Zofran uh, for nausea. Just kind of getting some of that support there will help you be able to feel like you have physically can get out of bed and help your family um and exercising even just starting you might not want to get out of bed at all but if you can just force yourself to move your body that is going to give you those endorphins or even just regulate that breath that you might be struggling with to make you feel better and and remind you physically that you're strong like show yourself physically that you can lift up that weight and then you can remind yourself, okay, I don't know what my future is going to look like, but right now in this moment, I'm strong enough to hold this and do this. It's like those baby steps and those little things are really in the first weeks or months, what can get you through to being the mom that you want to be and support your kids. And that really applies to, to any type of 
challenging experience where there's grief or trauma. I know people that have lost children or have a diagnosis of some kind or, of, of course, divorce this applies to, but any, a job loss, it's like I, I have anxiety as well. And I was talking to a friend about it and I just said, it's so hard to, to get back the will to want to do the things I know I need to do that will help me to feel better. Right? And so it's just getting over that first time and taking that first step outside or sitting up out of bed. Right? And so finding that will, but you're so right because when you do those physical motions um, towards wellness and quote unquote self care, but like really caring for yourself and really making sure am I okay? Am I doing things that physically remind me I'm still here? I'm still here. I may not feel a whole lot like myself right now, but I would I would have been off this earth if, if I wasn't supposed to be here right now. And so what am I here for? What can I do today? Even when I'm not feeling super motivated, your body is still capable of doing something today. And it's one step at a time, one day at a time, right? Yes. You might not remember much of those first six months, they might feel like a blur because you're so focused on that moment, one step at a time, right? You don't have like that ability to really relax and take in the moment and the memories like we do when we're at our best selves. But at that point, it isn't about all of those, those things, those, I mean, we, and it also gives you perspective at what a blessing those moments are. Um, but yes, absolutely. It's one step at a time. And it's also just need, and you need people to remind you to do that. Cause I'll be quite honest. It was in moments that my darkest moments, moments where I longed for heaven, like these really dark moments where I just didn't know I could do it. It was because I was so focused on the future and how I was going to get through this and how my life was going to look and would I be alone forever? And am I, I don't know how I can do all the chores and all the stuff for my kids. I would start thinking about how overwhelming the task is to do it all. And I needed to train my mind not to go there and just say, what can I do right now in the next five minutes? And I think we're also worried in when you're in the thick of that time that we're not there for our kids too. So then there's additional guilt piled on top of it, right? Like you're trying to do your own coping and your own survival and your own figuring out a new normal, but then you feel super bad that you're not being everything you want to be for your kids. And so how did you get through that time, the thick of things? And I'm picturing a lot of people listening right now who, you know, for lots of different reasons. I mean, we're in a weird time in the world right now. And I'm sure there's people listening who have lost jobs that are uncertain if they can pay the rent and, you know, on and on or, or health challenges. What can we do to model healthy coping and hope and positivity and all those things when you're just, you're right there in the middle? Yeah. It, counselors like to call it staying regulated. Okay. Like how yeah. you stay regulated. Uh-huh. Um, practically speaking, this is this has been pretty hard for me to do, but I, I think I've made a lot of progress. Deep breathing for me, like this is really practical. Like just taking three deep breaths before responding when 
I am feeling stressed and overwhelmed. It resets your brain and your body to be able to hold space for your child who is in need, whether that's the fifth snack request that they just asked again after you said you're not doing snack and you're just feeling so stressed out and it's about to set you off. <laughs> just breathing before you respond three times is really helpful if you can. Um, there were times when I had to, when I wanted to cry and it was interesting of like, I didn't, I wanted to show, I wasn't afraid to show my kids that I was sad that their dad wasn't here. But I think there's a difference between showing that you're sad and saying that you're sad versus completely falling apart. And with a one and a half year old at the time and an almost four year old, I couldn't completely let myself fall apart. So what I would do would be if I felt it was coming on, I would go to the bathroom and just try to quickly do that. Or I would honestly wait until they went to bed and then I would just be a total wreck Hmm. um, after they were asleep. Um, I also needed my community. I know during this COVID crisis, we don't have community to help us, but that's when I needed childcare support. I needed to call in the grandparents. I needed to call friends to take the kids to make they they I would feel guilty that I wasn't spending time with them but I knew that if they were with me I wouldn't be able to engage the way they they deserved and so I leaned on community to help me and I put on the television those first months are a blur but I at that point you kind of have to lower the bar it's like this mom that I had always aspired to be or this goal that I had of motherhood, I had to lower that for a season of life and be okay with that, knowing that that's the best that I could do and that if my kids are so angry with me years from now, I know that I can tell them to their face, this is the best that I could do. I'm so sorry. I hope you forgive me. But if they continue to hold resentment for that season, that's not mine to bear because I know that I was trying my best. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, that we need to give ourselves grace in moments of grief. Well, I know when I give my kids extra screen time, they think I'm mom of the year. And so I feel like we kind of have, you know, sometimes we give them those things and we feel like, oh, they've been on screens forever. But it's like, unless that is the norm for their whole life, right? And they're literally raised by the television versus versus us. And they're taught manners by Daniel Tiger versus us. Like, they're gonna be okay, right? And it's kind of like, it's kind of how you pitch it, right? Oh, guess what, guys? Movie night again, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is embarrassing. I've never admitted this to anybody. But for the first year after starting separation into the divorce process, in that first year, when I was single parenting, during dinner time, when I finally finished work and I got dinner on the table and I was just transitioning to going to a desk job and trying to deal with all of these emotions, I set the iPad on the dinner table and I let them eat and I took a moment to eat. And then Good. our special time instead of the dinner table, which it had typically been, the special time I had was shared after their jammies were on and we had all eaten something and taking a moment, and I could actually be there for them. It's like switching your mind. Yes. Well, and the fact that you said, like, eating was hard for you and your physical health was deteriorating, prioritizing you in that moment, even if it looked different than it did previously, and you're like, oh, the iPad on the table, like, not a great look for me. But, like, it's a great look for you to take care of you. 
It really is. And you'll be able to show up for your kids better at bedtime after their jammies are on. And, they'll, and they're going to remember those cuddles and those prayers and that love they felt right before going to sleep. Right? Just, yeah. I just, I've never been one to really compare myself to other mothers that much. Like, I feel like we're all just doing the best we can. And so it's not a huge trap I fall into. And I think this is exactly why. Like, our life circumstances vary so greatly And at any given time, there's things in flux and we're all just doing the best we can, responding the best we can. And I think if we're doing all that we do out of love for our kids, I don't think anybody's really getting it wrong. Yeah, I think maybe even the struggle is always me comparing, comparing myself against other moms or other ways of family. But I think what it was, was I was comparing my new circumstances with my old and I needed to realize that those expectations were unfair for myself and unfair even for my kids and so there was a lot of grief in just letting that dream go or that old life go it was it was just something that I I had to shift I had to realize I can't keep up this life because I don't have a partner to do it Mm -hmm. and and because I'm really sad and so I need to find a new way of life so this past these past three years have also been setting new traditions like Mm -hmm. how do we do Easter and Thanksgiving when it's just the three of us and how how do I because I'm an only child one and and my parents don't live here so it really is just me and on the holidays, it's just me and my kids. So it's so tiny. And how do I make that fun? And how does Mother's Day look as we come upon Mother's Day? Nobody's buying me any flowers or celebrating me. I, I don't have somebody to say good job. Mm-hmm. It's just me. And I'm telling myself good job. So how do I celebrate me even? Yeah, there's a lot of change, but there's a lot of good in it because you realize maybe even in the process of what you used to have, maybe not all of those things were good or maybe not all of those things were what you really wanted. Yeah, that is such a great point. And and what you just said really makes me think as Mother's Day is approaching, especially, um, this will air a little bit after Mother's Day, but it's like as somebody that really wants to love on others well and serve others, What a great opportunity to think, you know, what is that single mom not hearing from their spouse if they don't have one? What is not being done for them that used to be done for them? And can you kind of fill that void? It's not perfect. You can't replace a spouse most definitely, but it's like being recognized, like you're doing a great job. I saw you mowing the lawn with that baby on your back. I saw, I noticed in church when you just rubbed your child's back when they were trying to punch you. I saw that. Way to go. Yeah, and I was teared up when you were talking. Um, yes, I, I think the biggest thing that single mothers need from their communities and their friends is to be told they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they can, I, I think every mom should hear that a ton of times throughout the day, but especially those single parents that don't have anyone to tell them that. And I, I love that my babies do. And I, I think 
when I hear them say it now, it almost means so much more Mm -hmm. than it ever did. Uh, So I will say my kids do a good job of encouraging me. But um, I would say single parents also need time they they would really appreciate some help with child care mm-hmm. and uh well it depends on their custody situation but there are single parents out there that are 100 percent parent all the time and don't have joint custody and that means that they don't have time for themselves at all unless they ask mm-hmm. and it means that they don't even have time to date if they wanted to yep helping out with that is a great thing to offer. I would also say most single parents, single women, um, I forget the statistic, but just thinking about that's a single income household. There's only one income. So whatever they were making, if they had another partner, they most likely were a dual income household, most likely. Mm -hmm. Or if they were a stay-at-home mom, that decided not to work and to take all of that effort to raise the kids, which is an incredible sacrifice. Depending on the state, Arizona's a no fault, 50-50 no fault state, for example. And you, alimony is not required. You only receive alimony if you've been married 10 years or more and haven't held a job for 10 years. Or if you are caring for someone who's ill or you are ill yourself or you don't have a college degree so if you have a college like I was I had run a business and I had a college degree and I no one was sick in my family I didn't qualify for spousal support so here I was no way 50 50 everything cut in half I I didn't get any spousal support or alimony, whatever you want to call it. And I had to figure out my finances. And so I was really stuck financially. I would, this is a different topic, but I also didn't have any credit to my name. Hmm. I had a credit card because I didn't know that all my bills, I was just an an additional signer on them. They were all in his name. Oh, interesting. So would you yeah. suggest that to even even people that are happily married and don't plan to get divorced? Like, oh my gosh, yes. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's good to know. I wouldn't have even thought of that. I mean, like, like you didn't, yeah. Yeah. So when I applied for a credit card, I wasn't I was denied because I didn't have any pre-existing credit, so I couldn't get a credit card. I finally got one through my bank, which I guess is the easiest way to establish credit first. But my credit limit was only like $2,000. So oh yes, I, I would highly encourage anyone who's never held, a, um, you don't need to, it, it could also be building credit with a utilities company or something like that. Just make sure there are bills in your name. So you're building that track record. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the things that, that you don't think of and the things you didn't think you'd have to think of, right? And I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when cancer patients then are left with huge medical bills and you're just like that should be the last thing they're thinking about you know when they're going through this for somebody getting a divorce especially when this was not your choice to be left with all of this to deal with it just seems rotten and terribly unfair yes yeah that sucks that sucks (laughs) 
I would say the justice part has been probably one of the biggest hangups in the healing process. Mm. And I, I think that that's when you really have to look at what are you really wanting? What would actually make it feel fair? Would it be that the other person or parent hurts as much as you do? Mm. Is that really what you want in that process? No, that's not what I want. I don't want somebody else to be in pain too. And I, I don't think that it's helpful to um, my kids to have that happen. But I think when justice comes into play in my mind, it's really justice is me finally being okay on my own. Mm. Justice mm. is healing and rising above all of that mess to a better place than I was before in some ways, even though there was a lot lost. Mm. And to create a better life in many ways is justice to me because that is saying, this isn't going to break me. In fact, it's not going to break me and I'm going to make something beautiful out of it. And that also is, I believe, a legacy that of, of love that will last generations. I think that this work is holy work. I think that it's life-changing to go through this pain, but it's also life-changing to recover from pain like this. As we finish up with Alex, I did want to thank our final show sponsor, and that is Oak Dental. Oak Dental stands for one of a kind, O-O-A-K. And truly at Oak Dental, they are innovating in the category of toothbrushes and flossers in a new way that I didn't even know was possible. So what they've done is they've created a toothbrush with a V-shaped tapered bristle to conform to the shape of your teeth, which allows the outer bristles to stimulate the gum line. I was previously using another child's toothbrush with my son, my youngest. Jackson's like the theme of this whole podcast, isn't he? <laughs> but truly, like he wasn't opening his mouth wide enough and I he ended up with a lot more cavities than I'm willing to admit on this podcast, okay? But dental hygienists, they teach patients to turn their toothbrush 45 degrees and stimulate the gum line. And quite honestly, most don't comply and Jackson, just, it wasn't working well. And so this V-shaped bristle really helps not only stimulate the gum line, but it also helps you to better angle the brush in your mouth, creating better experience and far less cavities, hopefully. That's our goal. This is perfect for people with special needs, dexterity challenges, elderly, and of course, kids. So if you're looking for a toothbrush with ergonomic bristles and uh, BPA-free, a patented design, and this is a dental professional recommended toothbrush, I cannot recommend Oak Dental Brushes enough. I also love their flossers. There's one that has a fold-out dental brush with a protective cover to help scrub between teeth, and they're all individually packaged. You can throw some in your purse and never be without a flosser. It's so cool. So I want you to check out Oak Dental, O-O-A-K Dental online. You can purchase at Amazon.com now, and I want to thank them for sponsoring the show and for helping Jackson to brush his teeth better. I mean, really, that's the most important thing. So I hope your kids can try it out too. All right, let's finish up with Alex. And you mentioned earlier in our conversation how the ramifications of divorce are very much impacting generations, right? And and the stats for people, you know, who are, have um, families of divorce and things like, yeah, that 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 is true. And what you just said, creating this modeling and this hope and this feeling of unending opportunity to create the life you want. And it can be within a traditional nuclear family or it could look like your family. And that has to be okay too because everybody is going to have their own set of circumstances. There's a beautiful symbol in the Japanese culture 
about how they repair broken pottery. I don't know if you've seen this and I can't remember the word, but you can Google it. Um, and they take the pieces of the broken vases and they put it back together with gold, like gold glue. And mm. it creates a far more beautiful, you would love this because you're so aesthetic and everything, but it creates an image and a piece of art that is far more beautiful and, and even valuable because of that gold seeming in the vase than it was before. And so the idea is that the light gets in, the light gets out, and the cracks are where there's the most beauty. And that just really reminds me so much of, of your story and, and the story of hope of so many that I talk to. Thank you. Yeah. Wow, I have to look that you up. You have to look that up. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you after this because it really is, it is so, so beautiful. And um, I think that our scars and our, and our wounds and, and our past that often carry a lot of shame with them, I just think no more. No more. My cousin was in a terrible car accident in the beginning of 2020. 2020 has been terrible for many, many people. But she almost lost her life at the beginning of this, this year. And she has an enormous scar on her stomach. And her stomach was left open due to infection for about, I think, like five weeks. Do you know the body can, like, close itself? Did you know that? Yes. What the heck? How is that even possible? It's just a miracle. So it closed itself. And, and there is quite a lot of a, a lot of scarring and scar tissue and everything. And she showed me like a couple days ago, and she's like, "Yeah, I may want to do something to it, and the scar tissue will loosen up, and it, it will look better over time." And I'm like, "No, no, no! You flaunt that. You are alive to show that scar. You you do not hide that. I mean, you, you don't have to like show your stomach to everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what I mean? Like, you do not need to be ashamed." of that that is a reminder of what you have lived through and so for anybody listening and for you alex today like you do not be ashamed of one ounce of scar of brokenness of jagged edges if you are standing today and living today like you stand with pride for yourself and 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 not pride in anything but a humble way because i know that you're a person of faith as am i and it's like it's only possible that we can keep going because of what we believe, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I, I definitely, I'm not ashamed. And I knew that when I started going through it is almost like I was meant to not that I don't really believe that it was wished upon me by any means, but I, it's almost, I knew it would be a refining fire. And I also knew that it would be used, if, if it could be used for good, if it could be, if my story could save one marriage, yeah. my, then it's worth it. You know, and, and, and it's, that's hard for me to say out loud because nothing seems, my, my family's so precious, but to save another, if mine was going to end this way anyway, be, to be able to save another one from generations of pain, then, then I would do it. And I understand that divorce is necessary in certain cases, but golly, like, I really, really hope that people hear all of the, the struggle that comes with it and it makes them want to fight together and choose one another every day, every second, knowing it's not worth it. Um, I so wish that was my story. I so wish that he had fought for me. We did we did marriage counseling three years prior to to this too. So I definitely know I fought for it. But 
if this is my lot, if this is what's going to be, then, you know, I'm going to make something beautiful of it by golly. And like, I'm going to show other people that they can too. And I really hope anyone that's listening knows that this isn't a death sentence. This is a possibility. This is an, this is a moment, a very painful moment, but this is a moment that you can rise and really be like a phoenix from the ashes. You really can be. If if you start leaning on people around you to help you through this and you take it a day at a time. And, and I really hope those that are listening that are friends of someone like this, please don't forget your friend six months after all of the drama goes down. They need you more than ever in the coming years as they try to do this alone. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your story today. It's um, deeply personal. And I think that's why a lot of people go through it in such isolation because they, it, it, the details are so personal and there's your story and his story and your kid. Like there's just so many factors, but I feel like when we're not talking about it, it's impossible to help anybody and to give anybody hope. And I know that for me personally, I've just been so inspired today by hearing from you and seeing what's possible. And I know just the sky is the limit for you, Alex. And I just, I wish you all the best. Where can people find you online if they want to follow along with your journey and see all of your really cute outfits? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, they can, you guys can follow me on Instagram at ABE styles. Um, or you can go to my blog at abestyles.com. Alex, I always ask my guests one final question and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, that's a good one. I would tell, you know, it's funny enough, I didn't want to become a mom when I was growing up. And uh, I think I would tell her that becoming a mom is going to be the best, is going to be the best, the hardest and best thing you could ever do. Um, and that's so generic, but it's, but I just didn't see any, I didn't see the power in motherhood. I didn't see the goodness in it. I, I kind of looked at the outside of, of my mom and other women around me. And I thought, this just looks really hard. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really know if they really liked it sometimes, or, you know, I, I thought maybe people just did it because they thought they should. I didn't really understand the decision that went behind that seeking that experience for, for your family. And, I think that I would just, yeah, I would tell myself it's going to be the best thing that you ever do for yourself is become a mom. Mm, That's powerful. Thank you, Alex. Happy Mother's Day and all the best to you and to your family. And thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you, Jessica. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. How beautiful is Alex's story? How strong is her faith? and her courage. I mean, she just exemplifies what an extraordinary mom truly is. And I wish her all the best for the future of her family and that every single day she will know that she is doing a great job, right? And I want that for all of you as well. There's gonna be days where we doubt ourselves and where we have moments where it's like we feel less than, but you know what? When we're showing up and we're doing our best, you are extraordinary. 
and we can learn from our mistakes and we can keep going and we can ask for forgiveness from our kids and it is going to end up that they are the greatest teachers of our lives. What an opportunity. So thanks so much for Alex for coming on the show. Everything will be linked over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDahlquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Of course, you're going to want to see a beautiful picture of Alex from what I was talking about and raving over at the beginning of the show. Really, this show's not about outside beauty, but holy moly. Just for one day would I love her hair, right? So thanks for coming on the show today, and we will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.